You're listening to CYOP, Create Your Own Podventure, Appeal. This branching story follows your choices, changing as you respond to what the story places in your path. What's waiting for you at the end? Keep moving to find out. Now, where were we? After suffering a bite from a rattlesnake on a field test, you decided to call an ambulance. When asked your location, you've decided to tell the dispatcher that you are waiting at the trailhead. Hello, sir, are you still there? The voice jolts you back. I'm at the I'm at the trailhead, you say. It's not that far. One and a half miles? Easy peasy. You wipe sweat from your forehead. An ambulance is on its way. Professionals should be there shortly. Thanks, you say, and hang up. You start down the trail, sweat dripping down your forehead. The descent seems steeper than you remember, and you slip a few times, but you make progress. The trailhead is out in the foothills. Hiker rescue takes time. Your toe catches a stone and you trip forward, sprawling in the dirt. You roll over and squint against the harsh sun. Should you have tried to fall into shade? You think to yourself. Whoa. Hey there. The voice sounds Midwestern. Tourists from out of town are probably new to the area. You don't look so good, bud. You force open your eyes and you see an older couple. A man and a woman in casual hiking outfits kneeling over you. Their transition lenses hide their eyes as the woman looks through her pack. Snake bite. Ambulance. Trailhead. The downhill return must have taken more out of you than you thought. Oh, Jesus. The woman puts an ice pack gently against your forehead, and it's everything you've ever wanted. We gotta get you to the trailhead. Can you walk? The man's steel gray mustache bobs as he speaks. It's incredibly distracting despite the circumstances. Harold. She rolls her eyes. Even in your adult state, you can detect the warning in her tone. We have to help him up. Can you stand if we help you? You think so, and nod. It all feels remote, like you're relaying the commands through a third party, but you nod anyway. The couple counts down and hoists you to your feet, one of them beneath each shoulder. There's a blank moment, and you're at the trailhead, and there are sirens. Another span of nothing, and you're on your back with a mask on your face. The stiff ambulance stretcher is suddenly a bed, and you're beneath the sheets. You don't normally dream... But you do on the way to the hospital. It's the last dinner you had with Charlie at your shared apartment. Burned, of course, because you'd lost your focus and spent too long tinkering. Again. Charlie had added, waving away the smoke. Maybe it's just better to let you decide what's really important. You moved out later that week. Your stuff packed in padded suitcases and cardboard boxes. Found a street-level apartment and rented the garage for your personal workspace. Solitude treated you well. For a time, but a part of science is working with a team, and your inability to prioritize project goals made you bad at collaborating. You weren't let go. The administration was quick to let you know that they weren't terminating your contract, but they thought it might be better for you to work on your own personal projects on your own time. It's not that you dislike working with people. Science relies on teamwork to progress, but your scattered approach to methodology often meant you drove away your partner sooner rather than later. And now a pair of strangers have saved your life. A steady beeping fills the space. You sleep.
The next day, the doctor explains what they did to save your life. Anti-venom, painkiller, saline, the works. You only half listen as he elaborates insurance claims, upcoming bills, and what exact species of snake had bitten your ankle. You don't care. Your thoughts are with the headset, set haphazardly on the table across the room. Its lenses stare at you, empty. The couple who brought you to the trailhead left a card. She wheels you to the hospital door for discharging. In case you wanted to reach out. She sets it in your hand. Harold Constantine, M.E. Military and Civilian Contracting. It looks like every other engineering consultant card you've ever seen. You arch your eyebrow. Might actually be a useful contact. You pocket the card and stand. A little unsteady, but capable of moving. A rideshare picks you up outside the hospital door and takes you to retrieve your car at the trailhead. There's a parking ticket under the wipers for the overnight stay. Not again. Back at your apartment, you set the headset to charge and take a long shower to clean off the past two days. Some leftover rice in the microwave fills your stomach and then you go to the workshop to run diagnostics on the headset. You frown at appeal as it offloads all of its data onto your terminal. As far as field tests go, you've had worse, but not many. The potential is clear as far as its practical uses go, but the power supplies have been drained almost empty by a relatively short hike. And the predictive AI worked well enough, it's just a matter of optimizing its power flow. Of course, you're on low supplies, and with an upcoming medical bill soon to arrive, you don't have many options for expanding the project's scope. Plenty of time, of course, but money's in short supply. You remove your rescuer's car from your pocket, Harold Constantine, a master's in engineering with a consulting business. That's actually useful, you think, and no doubt he'd be willing to talk to you, considering he was kind enough to leave you his contact information. Perhaps he'll let you pick his brain and see if he knows anything useful. You call the number on the card and the man's voice picks up at a second ring. Harold Constantine speaking. Uh, hi, Harold. My name is Mark. I'm the one you and your wife helped take to the trailhead the other day. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're awake. How are you? Are you recovering okay? I'm back on my feet and at my apartment. The hospital staff moved fast. Mm, that's great. We're worried. It's a lot more excitement than either of us have had in quite some time. I imagine. But I appreciate you leaving your card. I happen to be something of an engineer myself, so it caught my attention. Sherry, my wife, and I saw your headset. She thought it was one of those uh, new altered uh, reality game th set things, but uh, it didn't look uh, professional. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, I, I, don't, I don't mean... No, it's no. fine. I'm not a professional. Actually, that's kind of why I called. Ah, of course. Want to talk shop? I mean, if you're available... You know, I uh, actually dislike speaking like this over the phone. Old habits, you understand. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling today, but uh, if you'd like to come over for dinner some night, I'm sure Sherry wouldn't mind uh, having some company uh, with the kids gone. Well, that's very kind of you. Would tomorrow work? <laughs> Tomorrow's great. Let's say uh, five. You uh, vegetarian or anything? No, nothing like that. Excellent. He gives you his address. I look forward to speaking to another freelancer. And uh, remember, nothing classified. He says as you end the call. 
Nothing classified. You look at his card again. Military consultant, it says. Maybe he was an ex-missile contractor or something? This part of the country has a long history of military experimentations, whether it be aircraft testing or mysterious bunker rumors. The address on Harold's card led to a small, one-story house in a cozy suburb about 30 minutes outside the city. You park your car and grab the bottle of wine you picked up on the way. In your experience, invitations warning against bringing anything means you bring some wine as a courtesy. You've left the headset at home. You were here to talk shop, not swap actual tech. And who knows what kind of consulting clients Harold worked with. Sherry answers the doorbell and hugs you in obvious relief. She's a sharp dresser, and her living room is decorated in the same way. It's clear these two have some serious money. Their home smells like roasting meat and comfort. A family portrait above the mantle shows the pair and two high school-aged children. Michael works in Quantico, and Sarah... <laughs> Sherry smirks. Sarah says we aren't allowed to tell anyone what she does, but she's with DARPA, whatever DARPA calls itself nowadays. She retrieves a glass of wine from a nearby table. We warned them about the public sector, but they're proud of what they do, and so are we. Can I pour you some wine? You join the two of them in the kitchen as Harold removes the rack of lamb from the oven. After the pleasantries about your recovery, the conversation turns to your shared engineering work with Harold. He's cagey about what exactly he worked on, but from what you can gather, he was involved in experimental tech for the military. You give a brief, rehearsed pitch over dinner about what Appeal is trying to achieve, and they seem impressed. You know, the Army was working on something similar. A heads-up display for infantry, which uh, could analyze and process a battlefield as it progressed. I think it was shelved. The directors didn't want people to rely too heavily on tech, and... Uh, he waved his hand like he was dismissing a fly. Trials didn't go well. You should let him read some of your documentation. Sherry pours another round of wine. See if he can't puzzle it out. Harold gives her a rueful glance, then looks at you. Can you uh, keep a secret better than my wife? You nod. There aren't too many people to speak to anyway. Harold leaves the room for a moment, then returns with a black zipper case. He sets on the table next to you. Inside is an external hard drive. Maybe that'll help you crack your case. Just don't tell anyone I gave it to you. It's black. The black vans will pull up outside any day if you do. The rest of the night is pleasant, and passes without event. Harold and Sherry insist you join them for Thanksgiving, and if you won't have anywhere else to go, you won't, but you tell them that. You're unsure if someone as loose with military info as Harold would be a good inventor contact in the first place. Later that night, you dig through the files in the hard drive. They're encrypted, but it's older encryption and you can brute force it with relative ease. Your eyebrows furrow as you realize just what Harold turned over to you. Military schematics for helmet HUDs, code iterations specialized to trace ballistics and terrain navigation. It's not exactly power supply optimization stuff, but it'll definitely sharpen your predictive algorithms. There's some obscure lines of code detailing personality reinforcement which you integrate as well, it should help the onboard AI make more intuitive decisions. You spend the next few days integrating the military code into your own appeal base. 
and then it's time to execute another field test. You affix the headset to your face and turn it on. The new boot up runs smoothly and then calibrating appears in the center of the screen. It's there for longer than last time, nearly three minutes before it disappears and prompt seeking replaces it. Higher fidelity when it comes to user input is a good thing you think. Why you hadn't thought of having an opening prompt, you can't say, but this helps eliminate the tech leading you to something you aren't aware you need. This way you can direct its search. Alright, you think to yourself, mm. find the best way to upgrade yourself, you command the device. The electrodes at your temple transmit the brain waves from the device, which parses your commands through its new enhanced programming. Seeking, the visor displays for a moment before it pulls up a map with a waypoint in the mountains about 30 miles out of town. Whoa, you say. You hadn't expected that. You thought maybe it would tell you to go to a nearby electronics store or email Harold with some questions. What's out there? The headset doesn't respond. It merely pings the waypoint again. You look up the coordinates on your laptop. The results are sparse, but from what you can gather, it seems like the tech is directing you towards an old military installation which was abandoned years ago. You know the tech's programming is substantially tighter than it was the last time you tested it. The code from Harold's hard drive sharpened the searching capability, so who knows what it picked up from whatever database it skimmed. Maybe there really is something out in that military base which can upgrade your tech. Show other options, you tell the headset. Nothing. It still pings the waypoint. You consider it. If you're serious about upgrading the tech, and this tech is capable of determining the most effective way of doing that, then it might be time for a field trip into the mountains. Of course, trespassing on abandoned military property is another step from your previous test, you could also try to find a more legal way of upgrading this. What do you do? If you follow the waypoint, listen to episode 1.15, also known as follow. If you ignore the waypoint, listen to episode 1.11, also known as ignore. <laughs>